everybody, welcome back to We and You, where we talk about the Kentucky Commission on Human Rights and a little bit about what's going on in our area. I am Terrence Sullivan. And I'm Brittany Cook. We're broadcasting from beautiful downtown Louisville here in the historic Hayburn building. It always does that. We're just, you know, just fancy over here at Zoom headquarters. <laughs> Mine has like never done that before. Um, Where it's a in progress, like verbally. You just sneak recording on people? No, <laughs> not at all. Um, so welcome back, everybody. Today we have a special guest. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like slightly accurate at this point. So I can't accurately call myself a co-host anymore. I'm more of a like pseudo co-host. Whatever. <laughs> no, I, 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 as soon as we talked about this, I was like, I'm going to make that joke. That's the first thing I'm going to say. <laughs> people probably, people have probably noticed, um, a few of the, the last episodes have been just me. Sorry. Um, well, I guess not just me with interesting people. But one that needs to apologize for that, not you. Well, let's let's hear that apology then, Brittany. I am so very sorry. I am over capacity <laughs> in a lot of areas. You had a, you had a lot of things happen. What's happened? Um, I have transitioned out of my previous position. Something happened before that, by the way, but sure, go ahead. Oh, I got married. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad they can't see me like wiggling as I say that. Um, (laughs) Yes, I got married um, and and then went on a honeymoon and completely lost like the whole months of April and May in the process of that because that's a lot of work. <laughs> it's a whole lot of work. <laughs> now the other part. <laughs> oh, yeah. And yeah. so then I came back from honeymoon and uh, all of like a week after um, ended up transitioning careers back to therapy full time. So now all those jokes about me being a therapist are a lot more relevant because I'm a therapist again. <laughs> I mean, you always were, but you know, let's, yes, that's yeah. True, true. Just like you're technically a doctor. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, it's very, I'm, I'm glad that get to have Brittany back. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, it's been a, it feels like it's been a long time. I mean, I've talked to you, but not like for a consistent straight hour, which is, so this will be cool. Yeah. Um, but for um, this week, one thing, well, we really wanted to talk about June because June is an interesting month. Um, 
it has quite a few things that people know it from. Um, mainly for me, it's when it gets officially way too hot to go outside. <laughs> and I thought you were going to say summer solstice. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is like, like May is too hot, but at the same time, you have those random days in May where it inevitably it's a derby day, but I guess it wasn't this year where it's cold and rainy. And I appreciate those days. But in June, when you get, you don't get cold and rainy anymore. You get hot, hot and rainy, hot, rainy, and humid <laughs> and extra hot. And so, yeah. It's a pretty chill day today. It's a pretty chill day. Is it though? I mean, it's 75. <laughs> I'll take it. Okay. I mean, I'll take it. Sure. Come on now. Isn't that what the California life is supposed to be about? Like 75 and sunny every day? Yeah, but they don't have the humidity we have. Yes, it's true. <laughs> um, so I'll, I, my ideal temperature, um, I like if I'm going to do outside activity, if I'm not running distance, I like between 68 and 72. That's my spot. Um, for a long run, I like 46. Um, but 68 to 72, sweet spot. What about like a good afternoon walk? Like after dinner walk? <laughs> uh, an after dinner walk? Um, considering I don't eat dinner like a regular person and it is around 10 o'clock. Uh, no, so I, I happen because you're also a black man. And <laughs> exactly. <laughs> My after dinner walks are up and down the stairs at home. Um, <laughs> no, in a, an evening walk, I honestly would love a good 63 with a jacket. Oh, okay. What well, about you? Uh, yeah. You know me. I'm consistently cold all the time, True. Um, including all this heat you're talking about in June, and I'm sitting here with a blanket over my lap. Um, so I would say my ideal is like a good 72 to 74, and still probably have a jacket on. <laughs> oh God, no. That's that's way no. I I mean to each to each their own. Um, you can you can enjoy your 70s with jackets i'll happily um ditch my jacket once it hits 55 but you know <laughs> this is this is completely off topic but isn't it always interesting how like the same temperature depending on the time of year feels different oh and yeah. so like in in the first the first week of march um, if you had a cold winter and then it's like, oh, it's 46 degrees outside. And then people are like outside with shorts on. It's like, okay, mm, kind of pushing it. But like, it's always interesting to me. And I've always thought this was interesting. This was just a, a strange concept of when you do like the air conditioning versus the heat in the house. And for people who are able to have that, um, I think of wanting to set the temperature in the in the winter when you have the heat when you set the heat it's like oh you know 
what do you put it on in the winter time? What do you put your heat on? Like 73. What do you, for me in the winter time, it's like 71 or something like that. And then in this, in the summer, it's like, I want it to be, I mean, if I had my own, like if I could, if it didn't cost a lot of money, I would put it on 60. Oh, wow. I mean, I told you when I was in college, I kept it on 55 in the dorm room because I had to pay for utilities. <laughs> That's, I would have absolutely hated that. <laughs> oh, it was nice. I have a nice blanket and <laughs> Sullivan Cinema was great. Um, but what do you, what do you like in the winter or in the summer to have the air on? I'm actually like pretty even killed on that. Like even in the summer, I'll keep it on like a 71 to 72. Yeah. So I think I just got my like, this is my temperature and anything outside of this temperature, I'm kind of miserable inside. (laughs) (laughs) Miserable is a strong (laughs) word. You know, I honestly don't even say that lightly. Um, I mean, as you know, I deal with some like physical ailments <laughs> um, and that discomfort just like, it's like it hits my bones and I literally will feel miserable. <laughs> yeah, my physical ailments come by way of asthma when it's hot and I can't breathe. Mm-hmm. So that's why I prefer the cooler end of the spectrum. But I've always thought it was interesting how, one, how the same temperature feels different depending on the time of year and how we, in the summer, we try to get the inside of the house cold. And in the winter, we try to get the inside of the house hot. And it's just, I don't know, strange, especially for to not be like reptiles where <laughs> are. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I was actually like thinking that the whole time you started having the conversation. Speaking of, I really want a chameleon. So I need people to just like start tweeting me or something and try to get some hype up about me getting a chameleon. And maybe I can convince my wife that this is a good idea. You have a chameleon. I'm looking at it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, you can't see it? Must be camouflaged. <laughs> um sorry (laughs) too easy that's like when people wear camo and someone inevitably makes the dumb joke like oh i can't see you (laughs) um anyway now that we've talked about uh the strangeness of june and me being hot natured and you being cold natured um i brought this up before we jumped on here but i personally just wanted to have a conversation around different things that happen in June and then how those things have been I say co-opted for commercial purposes Um, and we can start with our newest federal holiday um, just really talking about it in general of the concept around it and then we can talk about the commercialization after but our newest federal holiday Juneteenth Mm-hmm. Um, which I wanted to, the only thing I wanted to bring up about it is how sad and frustrating it is that this is something 
that not a lot of people even knew about until a year or so ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just wanted to share my story of how I learned about it because it's very, I think it's very indicative of where, how your space determines your knowledge. Um, And- I like that. (laughs) Sorry, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) But for me, I, my sophomore year of college, um, I went to what was called the Sophomore Summer Institute in outside of Chicago for um, mostly Black students who were going to be lawyers. And when I got there, um, it was all the summer of my sophomore year. Um, is I get there and we had, we were having classes or whatever. And a group of them were like, oh, we're not, we're not doing this tomorrow. And the professor was like, why? (laughs) And they were like, we're having our um, Juneteenth celebration. And I was like, the what? Um, (laughs) Is that a, is that what? And I didn't say anything because like, I didn't grow up around a lot of black people. And this definitely wasn't something we talked about in school. And so after this class, um, I was one of the only ones that had a car there. And so I was taking, we were riding over to Steak and Shake and they were like, are you coming tomorrow? And I was like, for what? Like, oh, we're having a cookout and we're going to just do all this. And they were like, for Juneteenth. And I was like, all right, now what is that? And like everybody in the car was like, wait, how white are you? (laughs) And I was like, what is it? What? And so everybody in the car at the time went to an HBCU. And I was like, oh, I guess it's an HBCU thing. Like why? You know? So then after we talked, I was like, why did I not know about this? And, um, the teachers were cool. They were like, yeah, we'll just shift everything to the other day because, you know, like they let, they let us move that day. Um, and I got back, I came back to Louisville, um, later on that summer and I was in politics of the black community with Dr. Jones. Um, and that was like my, so that summer I had my introduction, but then we were talking about stuff in class. I was like, oh, I know what this is. <laughs> but I learned so many, so much that summer um, going to school with or this program with all of these kids who grew up in more Black spaces than me, um, where it was all normal to them and it was new to me. And then I learned a lot more in um, Dr. Jones' class and in the Pan-African Studies Department at UofL from that point on, because I was like, dang, there's so much I don't know and I need to learn more. And so I was like, I want to take any class I can fit. Um, mm-hmm. And you know that was part of my shift from pre-med to pre-law um, was being adding that flexibility to take more classes where I learned about things like that. But it 
it bothered me that it took me until my sophomore year of college to learn about something I should have been told when I was a kid. And so it's, I think it's great that there is a federal holiday. Um, I think that we shouldn't stop at a federal holiday and there should be a lot more that comes with it because there's, there's one thing about acknowledging, but you know, there are other things that precipitated the need for the end of slavery. Um, Mm. that being, you know, slavery, let's also address that part. Um, but yeah, that was my introduction. That's, that's interesting to me because I also um, grew up in a pretty like white focused space um, in South Alabama and- Greenbow, Alabama. <laughs> Brittany knows Forrest Gump, by the way. Anyway. <laughs> um, and I mean, not even just, not even just like, it, it's an even like, there was already a majority white in the area that I grew up in, but also because of the ongoing and as I see it now, very necessary need for continued segregation for the black communities from the white communities a lot of times for safety concerns and reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw a lot of that, of course, like, you know, that whole why, why do all the black kids sit together in the cafeteria type of thing. Um, not acknowledging that as a white person, we had just as much power or more power and privilege in initiating conversations and things like that. But I do remember having a blurb. You remember like vocabulary words for history classes? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember Juneteenth being a vocabulary word. And that was it. It was like, here's a vocabulary word. This is what it means. And no one recognized the necessity of focusing on that as an issue. Like, why did it take so long for independence and for slavery to end across the United States post-emancipation, right? It's like emancipation. This is our focus. By the way, we'll circle back to that because Kentucky, we still had slaves, but continue. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, I have no more to continue on that. Let's go. Kentucky still had slaves and Kentucky still did not recognize emancipation until what is, was it 1976? Yeah. Yes. 1976. The state of Kentucky did not recognize amendment 13. Yeah. Um, I guess I should say it that way, right? You can call it M at 13, I guess. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it it's interesting. Just first off, kudos to your school for at least having it as a vocabulary word. We didn't even go that Look, far. In the book, I doubt they even looked at that or probably knew what it meant enough to say, oh no, we need a new book. <laughs> ah, they yeah, they were mad that they didn't mark that part out. Um, so yeah, it's, oh, Kentucky, Kentucky, mm-hmm. Kentucky, Kentucky. Um, I, I read something the other day about um, parts of Kentucky uh, needing military assistance <laughs> uh, to y- years after this, uh, bringing people out of slavery in Kentucky 
like we were so I mean Kentucky's behind on a lot of things and that mm-hmm. kind of sounds like they were very intentionally behind um mm-hmm. but they kept parts of Kentucky very adamant about keeping their their slaves and I mean they were like oh we can call it something else but it's, it was the same thing it's indentured servitude um but there was a uh, I don't know it, it's they they tried to go some people from the Freedmen's Bureau um tried to go through the court system to free slaves in Kentucky and that wasn't working so I was like all right I guess we got to bring military force so even Juneteenth um wasn't the end which it was it, it, sad all in itself that it took that long to communicate, well, to accept the communication of needing to free people. But then there were other places, including where we are, that were like, nah, we're good. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think was a precursor to kind of our stance on a lot of things that involved the rights of others involved (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i mean i definitely agree with that and and that goes to show too like you said they kind of called it something else right you had indentured servitude you have you had crop sharing quote unquote like ways that people got around or worked to get around the idea of slavery by trying to continue the same way of living. Yeah. Just rebranding it, rebranding it, right? We're going to talk about branding, right? So yeah. they re- it's rebranded. <laughs> Slavery hired a marketing consultant. <laughs> they probably did, though. Think about it. You had a public relations policy, like stance that you projected yeah. on people to make this the normal, to make this acceptable. They absolutely had PR behind it. But, and who, here's the thing though, who called it that? Because I, I remember talking to my granny, by the way, I call my great grandma granny. So this will help people get the timelines. But I remember talking to granny and she would talk about growing up in Alabama and um, her family, uh, I mean, it was right after slavery, quote unquote, ended, but they still did the same work for the same people and got nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, And she never called it anything but that. And then when she was a little girl, she did the same work in the same fields. Um, And then they moved, well, to Kentucky and there were people doing the same work just different fields um and the only reason they even got away from it is because my great granddad um was a coal miner and was able to do that instead and haha surprise he did the coal mines but made less than the other people working the coal mines and it was like hey let's just get a whole bunch of these people who are different than us or persons not people yeah let's get a lot of those others 
who are different than us and let's have them mine coal and let's pay them less, um, if anything. So they got out of the fields, but they went underground. Mm-hmm. Um, so they just worked under the fields instead of on top of them. Um, but, you know, they, the mindset and where you placed people didn't change very much. And to be completely honest, in a lot of respects, it still hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, there have been a lot of large gains, but we still have a very similar system that is now just called prison. But, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, and you also have service industry jobs that are very often. Mm-hmm enslaving people in a way because it puts them in a position where they're not making enough to live off of but they're also not able to gain support in a lot of ways if they don't work at that level yep. um, and it just continues to create this cycle of poverty and of health concerns i mean the the difference in, um, I'm forgetting the technical term right now, but the difference in lifespan, even for like our area here in Louisville, for folks on the east side of 65 versus folks on the west side of 65 is insane. And Mm -hmm. when you track that according to types of jobs and pay um, and living um, situations. It just continues to compound on top of itself. I mean, there's like a 12 year age gap, 12 years mm-hmm. in the same that's, city. That's the average, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, don't quote me on that being the technical average, but I, I do believe it's between 10 and 12 years. Um, yeah. And I think, God, the median or something was like 16. I can't remember, but it was something like that. Um, No, you're absolutely right. And that also makes me think about this whole, we can go off on a tangent, but this whole argument about um, cutting unemployment benefits to people um, and this whole quote unquote worker shortage um and how small businesses are being destroyed because of policies that have made people stay home no it's because people aren't paying enough for people to get by and so if if you are going to pay someone less money to go to work while they then have to figure out how to take care of their children so then they're losing money to go work for you where you are going to make money it doesn't make sense. It's just them literally working for nothing and you getting money off of it. Wait, what's that sound like? And so that's, mm-hmm. um, anyway, uh, so. So in what ways is Juneteenth now being capitalized upon already so quickly, like such a turnaround, right? We're just now seeing this even being um, recognized. Yeah stream at all and we're seeing it, it it it's it's kind of frustrating um 
and I, I saw, I think it was a tweet about um, there was surely going to be some place with a mattress sale for Juneteenth soon. <laughs> maybe, maybe next year. It might have happened next year already. We'll I'm see. sure it happened somewhere. But just all of these, and I wanted to loop this in with a conversation about um, June being Pride Month as well. Um, just how places in the guise of inclusivity um, take on these things and they kind of, by doing so, diminish, in my opinion, the true sentiment behind it. Um, like how every major corporation almost um, has a rainbow colored logo right now and people selling like rainbow merchandise and it's like well that money like who's getting it does it go to causes or are you just getting it because it's like oh let's sell this cute sweater that has mm -hmm. a rainbow flag on it and then we'll just be able to make money off of it as opposed to oh 50 percent of every purchase of this sweater goes towards the i don't know um like it, so I, I saw a lot of companies, especially companies that, and this is cynical of me, but companies that their demographic skews towards a way that they might be interested in knowing the values of that company were like mm -hmm. quickly on social media about Juneteenth and like, oh, we, you know, we stand with and it's like, wait, but weren't you like just people taking these causes and issues and then using it as a way to further their own profit and branding? Um, mm -hmm. It's it's frustrating. And I did see a um, a picture of a like a company or a party promotion doing a Juneteenth celebration um the flyer was a bunch of white frat guys and girls and the it had a password it was like we're free or something like that and I was like for real is this is this real life um, okay for 200 <laughs> what I said things that are not okay for 200. Sorry. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm aging myself with the Jeopardy jokes now. It's okay. Jeopardy's still on. It's not aging yourself. <laughs> it was like a million dollar password thing or something. I think that was a show in the 70s, right? To tell the truth. I don't know. Password was, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. I'm just saying things that were on like TV land when we were little. Oh, yeah. TV land and game show network. Yeah. The best. Skinny ties and skinny microphones and shiny suits. <laughs> those skinny microphones are so great. Why don't we use those anymore? <laughs> Dax Shepard did on his game show that he had last summer. <laughs> but no, like what you're talking about is completely relevant um, across the board for Juneteenth and for Pride. Like <laughs> going back to social media, you know, I saw an ad um, that I had to comment on because you know I just had to 
Um, but it specifically recognized, yeah, okay, they had this like pride-based memorabilia, of course, rainbows thrown on it um, that they were selling. And they said, proceeds from these cells, and I think it even said how much, um, proceeds from these cells will benefit LGBTQ youth initiatives. Okay. Okay. So, all right, we're getting a point. I go to the page of the products that they had um, and <laughs> they were gender labeled. Oh. So <laughs> my comment was, if you want to benefit LGBTQ youth, you have to start with what you are focusing on within your products as a whole, like have gender neutral clothing. Why are you, why are you identifying genders for long shorts versus short shorts? It just doesn't make any sense. Right. And, and that kind of statement that is then being presented to the youth when they think, oh, here's an inclusive company, they'll understand me and they're trans or gender non-binary. And then they get to the page to try to pick out clothes and they're stuck again with the binary right in their face. It's exclusion. Mm -hmm. And, but you know, they did have a, a, a thing of proceeds going. No. <laughs> Well, also yeah. my stance on that is if, if it really matters, why are you not stating what agency it's going to? Yep. Yes. Uh, Cause that was not noted anywhere. Yeah. I, not to, uh, I want to look them up one more time because um, I think it's still going on. Um, I'm curious, um, you know, I like my grilled chicken from Chipotle, but they had their proceed, a percentage of proceeds, if you round up, that went to the Trevor Project. And I was like, oh, what's the Trevor Project? And so then I looked that up and I was like, oh, okay. Um, but a lot of places haven't said where proceeds go. And I'm like, well... I don't know. You could just be saying that <laughs> because if you put a name on it, then they're going like, I, if some, right. If somebody was like, yeah, donate to this and we make sure a portion of it goes to KCHR. And if I see that, I'm like, Oh word, let me check and see how much we're getting now. Mm -hmm. But if you don't name anywhere, it can just sound good in practice in theory, but in practice, you're still not doing anything. Um, but no, I go ahead. Well, and even thinking too, like outside of that, like thinking of events that occur, right? So we have a local neighborhood, um, here in Louisville that is very well known for how <laughs> quote unquote seamlessly <laughs> they have gentrified. And so they're having a big Juneteenth event all of a sudden, which is, right around a year since there was um, some other pretty big events that occurred in that neighborhood. Oh, and, okay. And <laughs> part of the Juneteenth event includes West African drummers, which is 
really being questioned quite a bit from at least the black community that I'm involved in, you know, like people that I'm around that are kind of like, okay, if Juneteenth is supposed to be an American independence-based holiday, why are we bringing in African drivers to celebrate this? Like, what? (laughs) You don't understand? (laughs) It's like, you're trying to say like, oh, we got this we'll celebrate, we know what we're doing. And then you completely jack it up again because you probably don't even have anybody involved that's educated in the whole basis of the holiday itself. I mean, the the whole like, I don't know, everybody that I've ever met that has consistently celebrated Juneteenth, it's, it's a cookout, it's a barbecue, it's chill, it's low key, it's usually family-based. So why are we doing this big, march of the West African drummers down the street. Yeah. Just, um, touch, in my I opinion. Mean, you know Maybe why? <laughs> eh, you're not wrong. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to touch that. I'm just <laughs> going to say, you know why? And I didn't know about this, but it's interesting, but not surprising. Um, yeah with this yeah anyway um literally labeled celebration of freedom so we're going to bring our african roots back into the celebration of freedom as a reminder i guess i don't know Apparently, yeah because you know there's not enough trauma in, in the history of all of this so we yeah. got to flash some more for you this is what it could have been like in your life you could have been a west african drummer yeah, I mean, you could be drumming right now, you know. That's, <laughs> I don't know. Is, thank you for sharing that because I had no idea that was going on. I've been in a bit of a silo past few weeks. Um, but yeah, that's, anyway. Um, I do think, I think that just speaks to the larger concept though of how places I mean because you said you don't quite know why and we both do know why um that will bring certain types of people to it who would then stay in the area spend money and feel like they were part of this social movement because they came and spent money where the West African drummers were Mm -hmm. um and that just all goes back to commercialization because Mm -hmm. it's like yes we pulled some people in some people with some money and they bought stuff listened to some good music and ate some overpriced food and we made money Mm -hmm. again so that and i just hate that things that are so important and meaningful to some people get co-opted in that way mm-hmm. but then at the same time I think back to me going to um, SSI and learning about this and not everyone goes to an institute full of HBCU kids where they'll learn so in some ways, this commercialization does at least bring up 
the word or the vocabulary word in your case, um, where you do have, you might teach someone something who didn't know about it. Um, and so there's also that where you might be introducing a new concept to a space that didn't have that concept. So it's, there has to be a line somewhere. It's just finding it and finding a way to prevent some people from running with it and jumping over the line 10,000 times and beating it with West African drums. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think that that's part of the concern too. I mean, from my understanding, the requests from some of the folks in the community are like, why are you doing this? Like a lot of people are still learning and needing education on the foundation of Juneteenth. So why are we not starting with that? Yeah. Like, how are we supposed to properly celebrate something if we don't know why we're celebrating it? Right. Same, same thing with pride. A lot of people don't know or understand what they're celebrating. Like as a queer person, I'm over here like, okay, pride is not identifying that I'm proud as a person. Pride is identifying that I'm proud that I have overcome being oppressed in most, most communities. And people don't understand that. They think, oh, well, you're just acknowledging that you're a proud person because you're gay. You're proud to be gay. That's not what it's about. But it says pride, Brittany. Duh. Yeah. Are you saying you're not proud? Hmm. I said I am proud, but I'm not proud that I'm gay. <laughs> I'm proud oh, you're not? Hmm. I'm being gay in Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. God, gonna... <laughs> Sorry, that's, it's my superpower making people cry. <laughs> Probably not in a good way. Um, <laughs> I feel like, uh, like on Saturday Night Live, we noticed like when she's like almost on the verge of tears the whole time, because it's that recognition of how real things are that we honestly just feel like we have to laugh at so often because otherwise it's too hard, right? It, it's yeah. Too difficult. Trust me, uh, we notice. <laughs> <laughs> That should be the title. <laughs> Heck yeah. I say that daily at this point. <laughs> I yeah. Know. I don't want to get sued by, well, we're not making money. It's like, I don't get sued by SNL and Lauren Michaels. Well, we're acknowledging that we're not the ones that came up with it. So. Come yeah. On. <laughs> come on. She should do like a, a special and just do that for an hour. I love her. I don't, I don't know if she'd survive an hour of that. She already's on the verge like two minutes in. Yeah. She. Gosh. By she, we mean Kate McKinnon, by the way. Yes, um, yeah. Let's recognize the true artist here. Yeah. <laughs> not SNL, not Lauren Michaels, Kate McKinnon. Um, no, that's not what I mean. No, I was saying that. That Sorry. is what I mean. A canvas and a background supporter. I don't know. Um, no, I. We should have her come on and talk to us. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to speak. Probably not. But I wouldn't either. Lose her mind. She have would a, like co-op. 
co-op this. She would like come come home from work early just on accident. <laughs> co-op our recording. <laughs> She'd be back there on the couch with the chameleon. <laughs> yeah. She's on my list of people I would love to meet. Strangely enough, most of the people on that list are women. We've talked about this before. Yeah. I'm pretty mad that. I mean, I, I hate to acknowledge how that ends up being such a rare thing considering the dynamics of the population. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. But, but it just comes down to acknowledging the lack of, or I guess the increased barriers that women end up coming yeah. across when it comes to even being a known figure or someone that can be recognized as worthwhile to look up to or to admire. Yeah. I think on my list of 10, there are two men. <laughs> Uh, former president mm -hmm. and this is a new one I added a couple weeks ago Trevor Noah oh so good yeah so good well and I, I would I would venture to say that both of them probably identify as feminists too which is which yes. adds to the difference in in your list yeah so anyway oh uh, and not those like unknowledgeable white women feminists <laughs> sorry i just have to clarify especially being a white woman feminist <laughs> not, the same. not the same i need y'all to educate yourselves if you need help please reach out <laughs> you're gonna drop your phone number real quick um oh no so um and then i'll I'll forward this to you, but as we were talking, I, we got an email from the radio station <laughs> Okay. that there was a good shout out of the agency on somebody's show and a link to it, but it went to your KCHR email address. Oh, RIP to that too. <laughs> yeah, except for those random LG&E bills you got. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and there was what was the other weird one I kept getting I think I got like some Ulta or something. yeah yeah I don't know I was like what is this who's using my account so yeah I'll send that to you uh, when this closes so you can listen for it um I'm curious what they said but yeah that was it um I'm glad that we got to do this I am too it's so nice to talk to you on here yeah likewise and try not, not to it's a not once a month thing <laughs> yes definitely in the meantime i'm gonna figure that out i don't know we'll figure it out yeah <laughs> and try not to get bit by the chameleon behind you <laughs> i don't think how do they eat their food i didn't i meant people they don't eat people mm, okay you said they don't bite just saying Boom. <laughs>